Happy Wednesday morning, January 25th, 2023, coming to you live from D-Land, Florida. This is Season 1, Episode 1 of the Easy Living Poker Podcast. I am your host, Garen Kiten. Uh, like I said, coming to you live from D-Land, Florida. A little early morning session here to start us off through the week. I am a, a little background on me. I'm a former uh, professional baseball umpire. I am a currently a teacher, coach, and I am a serious competitive poker player. I love the game. If I had any one thing I could do for the rest of my life, I would pick poker. It's my. Um, it, it's just something that I never get old of, tired of. There's so many dynamics to it, and I'm the type of guy that some people can't have the patience, but I'm the guy that I'll spend all 17 hours trying to bag a stack in an event. So that's my my kind of uh, my kind of deal. Uh, a little bit more uh, about me and this podcast. So easy living. You may be asking yourself, why did you come up with that? Well, it's kind of a funny story. My family will laugh. I I was on a uh, a family vacation over Christmas this past 2022. And I found a hat that said Easy Living on it with like a gator and an orange in it. And so we were in Kansas City at the time, and it really relates well to me being in Florida. So I love the hat, purchased the hat, best $30 I ever spent. And now I was trying to come up with a name for the podcast. And I'm like, you know what? Easy Living. That's what I'm talking about. So that's how the poker podcast came to be. And it's kind of funny because with poker, as many of you know, um, the saying goes, it's a hard way to make an easy living. So I kind of like the combination of the two together, and it really fits. Um, so you are aware, are aware, some of the goals of the podcast, we're just looking to help and or analyze amateur you know, poker players, um, amateur content. Like this will be hand analysis type situations, um, things that everyday Joes go through. Um, on the grind and try to help kind of better prepare people or better uh, explain scenarios and help everybody get better, including myself. Um, that's that's one of the biggest reasons is I have a good network of poker buddies that we like to analyze hands and talk them through. And I think that's honestly the best way you get better at poker. So I've got my co-host over here, Lola Bear. She's sitting down. She's a 12-year-old Britney Spaniel. So she may try to get into this podcast. We'll see. But um, a little uh, poker history about myself. So I started playing poker in, I believe I was 17 years old. So I'm, that would be 19 years ago. I believe it was like 2003. And Moneymaker had just captured the hearts and minds of everybody in the poker world um, and non-poker world and basically created the boom that we all came to know and love. Um, that's when I started. I remember, I think the very first online site that I played on was um, pokerroom.com, I think is what it was. And then it morphed into, you know, Poker Stars, Full Tilt, Party Poker, you name it, every site. I pretty much played on it, you know, and at times had some really nice scores, you know, success. And then other times I'm sitting there, built up a, you know, I remember within three years of playing, I'd built up like a $3,000 bankroll. And I'll never forget, I flushed about 80% of it on one night, playing a little game of 10-20, no limit hold'em, and 
yeah, I just can't believe how stupid I was back then, but that's a story for another time. So recently for me, um, I have played in the my very first World Series of Poker that I played in was the 2019 World Series of Poker. I did not cash. I played three events, no caches. Um, my second trip out to Vegas was 2022 last year, and I had some moderate success. I played uh, three events as well again, and then I played the Wounded Warrior $500 tournament where I believe there were like 3,229, I want to say, players. Uh, I might be off on that number, but it was it was 3,200-plus players, and I ended up finishing in 32nd place for a score of uh, about $6,000. So it was a nice... Um, Nice way to cash the very first one. I came super close to the top prize of 160 plus thousand. So it was, uh, it was at that moment that I knew that I was capable. Um, you know, I've always known I'm capable, but at the same time, I realized that, you know, if I take this more seriously and devote time to it, it could be something that really pays off. Um, so I'm, I'm basically dedicating 2023 to discipline, poker, and uh, just getting better and, and getting some content out there into the world and then hopefully I can find some common common thinking people and um you know see how this goes. So the first week I'm going to give you a hand breakdown um a hand analysis of a of a uh, a tournament I played this last week on America's Card Room. So I'll give you that breakdown coming up here shortly and then <clears throat> I will give you a week in advance kind of outlook so this first podcast uh, episode will not have an interview. It'll just be um, telling you that the guest on next week's show will be Mr. James Gavin. He is a good friend of mine, a very good poker player. Um, he has far more caches than I do uh, and quantity amounts um, as well. So we are both going to be playing <clears throat> the same tournament this week, and we will bring back some hands, some analysis. We'll go over kind of his story in poker, how he has come up to be. Um, and then, so that will be next week. The goal is to try to do this on a, like a same, uh, at, at least a one, once a week basis. Um, I don't know if it'll be the exact same day, but I will try my best to get content out one time per week for anybody that is caring to listen. Um, First disclaimer I want to tell everybody is is that um, in no way, shape, or form do I think my <laughs> hand analysis is perfect. Do I think it is great? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I have a lot of work to do. Um, and there's a lot of things in poker that I've realized with, with hands that I kind of put on autopilot. Like certain thinking and decisions that I make, I make without really having to uh, sit there and take time thinking through each step. I kind of just do it based on feel and based on my experience. Um, but I'm going to do my best to break down my thought process each street um, with every card that falls and um, explain in depth why I do what I do. Uh, the first hand analysis uh, this week that I'm going to be giving you is actually, it really doesn't come down to uh, any post-flop Issues. This is all like a pre-flop decision. So I just want to hear your opinion on things. If anybody has that, you can chime in to me. Um, please just send me a message. My um, email will be posted to this podcast uh, below. 
So you can always email me. I'm open to that. If you ever have a hand that you'd like discussed, I'd be more than happy to give you my take and uh, a guest or future guest's take on how you played a specific hand. So that's always welcome. Um, you can find me on um, Twitter. You can find me at... Um, let me give me a second here. At Easy Living Poker. Okay. I just started this a couple days ago. I have a whopping three followers. So let's just add to that. Okay. Let's just keep it going. Um, let's get a little momentum. And like I said, you can tweet me there anytime if you have a question uh, that you'd like addressed. Um, okay. So the first hand we're going to come to you with is um, a $11 uh, ACR tournament. It's a what's called a PKO, progressive knockout, which means half of the prize pool goes to uh, a reg just the regular prize pool like payouts a normal like a normal tournament structure and the other half goes to a bounty pool when you knock out a player you receive a bounty and then your your bounty progressively increases as you move forward in the tournament so the strategy and by the way this is only my i think third or fourth one of these tournaments i've ever played in my life um, I want to give a big shout out to Mr. Clayton Fletcher off of the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. He's the guy that has discussed these on his end, um, and I highly recommend that podcast if you're trying to get better at poker. It has helped me immensely. It's the reason, probably the only reason that I have any score to this date worth even talking about. Um, he, he's a great guy. I met him once in Vegas back in 2019. He probably has no idea who I am or remember me, but uh, I just want to give them a shout out because those guys over there, they know what they're doing, um, so I recommend listening to them. Anyway, he had um, given me the itch to play these, you know, PKOs, so I've listened to his analysis of them. And so anyway, the strategy is a little bit different than, say, your regular tournament. You have to, in my opinion, play hands a little bit wider in certain spots, and also call your calling range in certain spots has to be wider because... Half of that pool is in the bounties. So you got to be able to win some of those to make your tournament productive because, in essence, you, you wouldn't want to play a, a, you know, a, a tournament and then half of the money just basically goes to your – you can't only play for the, the regular prize pool that's half of whatever your buy-in is. So in this scenario, here's the hand analysis. I am on the uh, – excuse me, the cutoff. There has been a – so I'll give you a little background. There's eight-handed eight – uh, my table has been pretty aggressive, kind of like crazy almost, chasing after these bounties. We have a player with um, who used to be a 100 big blind sack that has now found himself in a matter of a couple orbits down to 7.5 big blinds, I believe. No, sorry, I'm sorry, 8.7 big blinds. And um, I currently have 29 big blinds exactly uh, on the cutoff. So the the... The person was uh, 8.7 big blinds. They are in like middle position. They jam. Uh, and then it gets to me in the cutoff, and I have everybody else is folded. I have fives on the cutoff. And then I've got a button player with 13 big blinds. Yep. I have a small blind with 18, and I have a big blind with 20 big blinds. So everybody, I've got everybody covered behind me. So in this spot, I have decided that I want to isolate for the bounty. By the way, the bounty, I'm sorry, is $18 at this point. So this player had a bunch of chips early, and their bounty progressively went up. Um, and so I'm in for $11 in this tournament, and at that point, I believe I had had $7 worth of bounties collected. So I only have a little bit more to go to be basically breaking even. 
And so this $18 bounty does it for me and gives me a little bit of a profit. Um, also of note, we were about 220 players left in this tournament, 1,541 players entered. So I am sitting about 40 spots from the money. The top 180 people get paid. And like I said, I'm not really worried about that 180th spot because it's like a, uh, you know, it's ha it's a little tiny, little eight bucks, I believe, is what you get if you cash or save in less than that. I think it's actually, no, five something. So it's a very small amount of money. But I do know that if I, if I can cash, I at least am breaking even plus, then, <clears throat> excuse me, I can win some bounties and keep the keep the winning going. So long story short is with fives, I didn't think this through completely because like I just had said to you, I've learned from this, in bounties, players are going to call you with wider ranges. So I'm really, I think I misplayed this hand. So it, it gets jammed for 8.7 big blinds. I take my 29 and heave ho. Let's play a little ripopotamus. And I just shove in the stack all in. And I get the the button to fold and the small blind folds real quickly and i get snap called off by the big blind now he has kings obviously if i'm getting snapped i'm in i'm never in good shape the best case scenario is it's like ace king ace queen flip and that leads me to my thinking am i playing this wrong i think i you know you want to try like i said you it's a fine line between trying to get that bounty and keeping your stack you know alive in this tournament and so by me isolating for the bounty, it ends up hurting me dearly. Now I'll explain why it didn't in the end. But uh, my first opponent with 8.7 big blinds, he had fours. So I was sitting really good um, against him. But uh, like I said, the big blind had pocket kings. The board ran out ace, queen, six, nine. And then we binked the river with a five to stay alive. So I won the $18 bounty and... The big blind actually had a $6 bounty, so $24 worth of bounty. So at that point, I'm 31 bucks out of the tournament in for 11 so I'm up 20 bucks, and I've got heaps. I've Well, not heaps. I shouldn't say that. It was uh, a, almost 60 big blinds then at that point, which then led me on. Um, I kind of, you know, I, I spun it up from there. <clears throat> I got very hot over the next few hours. I ended up playing this tournament till almost... Two in the morning um, on that specific day. It was a Saturday while the NFL playoffs were going on. Um, but anyway, I ended up finishing ninth place. I collected 198 in bounties, and then I collected um, an $82 in change cash for ninth place. So all in all, around $280 bucks, um, worth of winnings for an $11 buy-in tournament. So it was kind of my first week back playing online that is on acr and so it was a successful week as i started back um like i said if there are any questions comments anybody eventually down the road wants to ask me uh, ask me things or come back to this um you're more than welcome to send in your comments send in any other questions you may have that is the hand analysis for the week did i play it correctly did i play it incorrectly i I just, I'm still torn. I think there's parts of it that were, you know, you want to try to get that bounty, and, and it was correct, but at the same time, you got to be aware that, hey, if, if people are calling wider, that 20 big blind sack or the 18 big blind sack especially, I know it's only three players you got to get through, and the, you know, the button, the small one, big blind, but any of those guys have any sort of connecting Broadway cards or big cards, you're, you're basically 
having to win a, a flip versus four overs, you know, like you're, and it's not a flip. So you're, you're having to dodge them. And luckily the first player only had four. So like I really could have been in a world of hurt and it just happened to work out for me. So please uh, let me know what you think. I will be asking James uh, this exact question when we do interview him next week. Um, and then if you're wondering what tournament we're playing, um, anybody that wants to come uh, play, be my guest. Come say hey. Uh, you'll be able to see me. I will be having. Uh, I will be wearing the goat of all goat hats this weekend, so I'm pretty pumped up for that. Um, it's the easy living hat. It will be in action as I try to build a stack. We are playing the $365 deep stack tournament at Daytona Beach Racing and Card Club starting Thursday, January 26th, so tomorrow, and rolling all the way through. Day two is on Sunday, and then day three, a live stream feature table with, or excuse me, the final table with Jeff Platt. Uh, many of you know him. That will be on Monday. So the, the tournament goes from the 26th through the 31st, I believe. And we're looking to take it down. In the past, I've played this tournament. Uh, I've cashed in it before. I have never gone super deep in this tournament. First place, generally speaking, the prize pool, obviously a 200K guarantee. They usually smash that into the 300s, I believe. The last time I played it, it was around three hundred and fifty or three hundred sixty thousand in the pool, and I want to say first place was about seventy thousand dollars. So that's roughly what we're playing for this week. Both myself and James will be playing this tournament uh, flights, and we'll see. There are two flights Thursday, um, two flights Friday, and two on Saturday in Daytona Beach. The start times on those are eleven ten a.m. and six ten p.m. So just so you're aware. If you're starting that 6.10 p.m. flight, every single one of the flights, you play 14 levels or 11% of the field, whichever comes first. Um, it is a grind. It's a long haul. You know, you're looking at eight hours. So you're looking at, if you play the 6.10 flight, you're going to bag up sometime 2 to 3 a.m. in the morning, just so you're aware of that. Um, but I will be playing. Um, I, it's up in the air. I may play tomorrow. It's going to come down to a couple things, if I can get over there in time. And then... Saturday, or excuse me, Friday night, I will definitely be playing the 6.10 p.m. flight. So if anybody wants to come over, say, hey, tell me how big of a fish I am. That's fine, because um, I pretty much am. And I'm sorry in advance if I give anybody a bad beat or anything like that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not really. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But I'm, I'm super pumped. I've been studying for now, back into poker extensively for about a month now. And this is the first real chance I've got to uh, record an episode and I just wanted to get it out to everybody. Um, so I will see you next week with full results. I'll have some hands from the tournament and I will have Mr. James Gavin on the pod. Have a great rest of your Wednesday and rest of your week and keep on easy living.